Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Oceans of Hope. And this is the first one I'm recording, so if you guys follow along the Instagram, a... I think this one's going to come out in just over a week. So about a week ago, I started a five days of oceans of hope on my Instagram. So I was inspired by this fan lifer and YouTuber that I saw named Maddie Taylor. And she had done like five days of art where she just wanted to get to do more art. And so in whatever free time she had around her normal work life schedule, she did art and so I'm gonna do the same thing in the spare time that I have around my days for the next five days I'm going to do something around the podcast and so this is the first recording I'm doing and honestly I really didn't want to do anything when I got home from work today it's almost six o'clock on a Saturday which is the my like the last day of my week then I get Sundays off and so I like didn't really want to do anything. But we're going to record. And we're going to record the second in a series that I started a couple months ago now. Um, where I recorded, I believe it was episode four. Yeah. Episode four. I recorded just my commentary over an episode of a series on Netflix called Our Planet. That is um, narrated by David Attenborough. Or Davo as I affectionately call him and so today I'm gonna do the second episode and I'm just gonna watch and then give my commentary so this second episode is called frozen worlds and let's get started I forgot that this starts on the moon and then catching a glimpse of like the earth rise over the moon which is so cool but I totally forgot that that's how this uh, these episodes start we unintentionally are changing these frozen worlds narwhals i have narwhal socks and they're great but back to we're unintentionally changing these frozen worlds it's true while the vast majority of us will never see a polar region every single action that we take as a collective whether or not you even think about the polar regions at, at with any regularity do impact the polar regions and almost more like global warming is being felt at a faster rate in the polar regions than it is where most of us live. So just a thought to keep in mind. You know, you don't think about Antarctica changing much between summer and winter, but you just said that every winter, 19 million square kilometers of ice in the sea freezes. So there's 19 square kilometers of sea ice and then it melts back in the summer. Which, like, makes sense in my brain, but you just never think about that, which is kind of crazy to think of, like, beaches and shoreline of actual, like, land and not just ice in Antarctica. Whale fluke. I love a good whale fluke video. They're just so good. The little penguin trails are so cute. These Gen 2 penguins are on, like, a basically a scree field, which is just a bunch of smaller rocks making a hill. And they're going to lay their eggs there? Like, there's going to, like, what if the eggs accidentally fall down the mountain? Just as not, oh my gosh, the little penguin. That's so cute. (laughs) It blew a little bubble. (laughs) It's so cute. 
Going under the sea ice. Fun fact, my major advisor in college studied plankton under sea ice. And this is so cool. There's like a whole ecosystem that just thrives underneath the ice. The polar equivalent of the great grasslands. That's pretty darn productive. Oh my goodness, little plant babies. Oh, the little shrimps. Krills coming to eat the algae from the ice. Penguins! Penguins eating the krill. I wonder how long Gentoo penguins can dive for. He just said the longer they dive, the longer it takes to catch their breath, which makes sense. Me too. Videos of penguins flying underwater is awesome. It's so pretty. Their little bubble trails. Oh, it's so good. I love a good bubble photo. Like, give me a photo of some scuba bubbles, like, from below looking up at the sun with the bubbles, or, like, from the side. I love bubble photos. Send, Please send me your air bubble underwater photos, because I love them. That is a majestic video of a, a whale that we just got. Are they going to blow bubble nets? Nope. No bubble nets. There are so many barnacles on these whales, and it's reminding me that there were some barnacles on a turtle that came into the turtle hospital a few weeks ago. They have since been removed from the turtle. But I love watching barnacles eat. They're little feathery little feet that they just stick out there, and they just filter with their feathery little feet. It's, it's, it's just, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. That's all. Bubble net. I am a fan of the bubble net. So the whales are blowing bubbles from their blowholes and swimming around in a circle so that they make like a net of bubbles to push the krill into the middle together and then they lunge up and eat them. And it's just so pretty. You should look up photos or videos of it. A lot of times it's called a bubble net, I believe. But you can also just look up like whales bubble feeding, I'm sure. But it's very pretty. Do you think animals ever get tired of eating? You know, like when it's this time in the whale's year, when they're not mating and they're not giving birth and they're just there to like feed. Do you think they ever get like full or like tired of eating? I don't know. More than halved? Y'all, we're losing lots and lots and lots and lots of krill. Apparently in the part, this part of the Southern Ocean we're talking about, the krill population has halved, more than halved. And as a problem for the humpbacks, they don't have so much to eat. Now we have orcas. <laughs> Over half of the world's orcas go to Antarctica. Wow. Okay, so he just said, I'm going to pause because this is just so cool. So he just said that this particular pod that they were looking at specializes in hunting penguins, which reminds me, I read a book by Carl Safina. I think it was called Beyond Words, but maybe it was called something else. Anywho, it was this book about orcas, elephants, and wolves, I believe, and just kind of about their societal structure and um, the, both the whales and the elephants being matriarchs and just, just about those animals and like very cool things. And one of the things that was mentioned with the orcas is that the female, the mother orcas teach the baby orcas how to hunt, right? They're not born instinctively knowing how to hunt. And so different pods will have different food preferences and will have different ways of catching their food so some pods will like push the seals up onto the beach and catch them that way and kind of nearly beach themselves catching the 
seals or the penguins or whatever. Some will like flip them up with their tails. Like they have different ways of catching their food. And sometimes they like try different things out and try and learn and figure out new ways of hunting their food, which is just so cool to think about like other creatures on this planet inventing things and brainstorming and trying things out and experimenting like it's just so cool so i i thoroughly enjoy the orcas let's see how these ones what their method of penguin catching is Ooh, go in stealth mode i wonder if they go down from below they must if they're in stealth mode right just batted they're just batting this penguin with its nose back and forth it's just like they're just flipping it in the air Ooh, so they're working together so that the penguin doesn't escape so that they are mo- like they corner the penguin in between all of the whales so they work together they're still just flipping this penguin in the air that would not be my preferred way to die just being flipped in the air and like batted it just feels like they're playing with them they have to teach the babies how to hunt i also wonder how long it took them to film all this like i'm sure it took a while to make sure that they got all the shots they wanted I don't think I would like to be in a storm on the sea in Antarctica. It's a very dark, rough seas going on right now. That good, good upwelling! So the waters are moving away from the coasts of Antarctica, and waters from the deep are coming up to replace those waters. Same thing happens on the west coast of the United States, and that causes some really abundant, really nutrient-dense seas in those areas because the water in the deep tends to be much much more nutrient dense than the waters on the surface because there's just not as much stuff down there to eat up all of those nutrients now we're in south georgia which is far enough north to not be in the sea ice but far enough south to still be quite cold and i believe uninhabited by humans the wandering albatross the largest wingspan of all the flying birds these birds literally spend like 90% of their time flying. Three meter wings. Those are big wings, friends. But oh my gosh. It's a baby wandering albatross is so cute. The little baby albatrosses just have to wait on their nests for their parents to go hunt. Huh. There are no land predators, so the chick by itself on the nest really is safe. They're like teenage birds that are losing their baby fluffy downy feathers but still don't have all of their adult feathers they're so funny looking albatross don't land very gracefully they kind of face plant quite often she's a first time mom good job mom she's got like pink feathers on the back of her head i wonder if that's from krill okay so story that was just told the chick is six months old but it's smaller than it should be maybe the dad is not coming back to feed the chick maybe the dad got stuck on a fishing line and died that was the story so note to self buy sustainable seafood that doesn't use long lines because long lines kill so many other things than just the fish and not just like other fish like lots of sharks die from long lines lots of other fish that are not they're not trying to catch but a lot of birds a lot of turtles and whales and so many things get trapped in the long line so don't buy seafood used fish from a long line kelp that is some thick kelp wow 
I love me some giant kelp. And bull kelp too, but mostly giant kelp. Would you dive in the South Georgian kelp forests? I I think I might. The leopard seals spend their winters in the kelp forests of South Georgia Island. Leopard seals, honestly, kind of nerve-wracking. I don't know what I would do if I saw the leopard seals if I was in the water with them. The leopard seals are about to go after the king penguins. Showdown of the Arctic Seas. How will it end? The king penguins have to go through the leopard seal infested waters, or else they will not get back to their chicks. They're porpoising, jumping in and out of the water. Not because it's more energy efficient, it's actually less energy efficient, but it's faster. So they're trying to get away from the leopard seals faster. There goes the seal. Run, penguins, run. They made it to shore. They're in the wave break. Ooh, but there's a leopard seal head. The leopard seals are so big. Will the leopard seal get a snack? Nope. He gave up. He couldn't pick one. Wait, but there's one left behind. This is why you never leave friends behind. The one that's left behind, about to be chomped by the leopard seal. But I don't know, leopard seals aren't very fast on land. And they're, like, kind of on land. But the penguin is tired. It's just sitting there. The penguins made it. Good job, penguins. Sorry, leopard seal. Maybe next time. If I was a penguin, I would hate the walking part. Their legs are just not made for walking. And they have to walk through all of the elephant seals. Oh my goodness, elephant seals are so funny. I've seen a few on the California coast. And they're just so funny looking. And when they like shuffle their way to the water, the ripples of their blubber just look like they have like six legs sometimes. It's crazy. Now we get to watch male elephant seals fight. Sick. Male elephant seals are so ugly. Their little trunks are just, oh, slash, snag, and bite, and bang, bite, bite. Oh, there's some gnarly, oh, oh, there's some gnarly cuts on those elephant seals. It almost looks like they're, like, building themselves up into these towers, and then they just, like, fling themselves at each other. The penguins made it. Which baby penguin is mine? Oh my goodness, the little baby penguin got so excited when he heard his parent penguin call. So cute. Yeah, there'd be a lot of things on South Georgia. All these penguins, and then the elephant seals, and the leopard seals. And yet, they all depend on the krill. Y'all, krill be important, and the krill need the sea ice, so the sea ice be important. So, global warming be bad. That's all I have to say about that. Are we going to go to the Arctic now? Okay, we're moving We're moving to the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah. The effects of climate change being felt more sharply in the north. Which be true, because there's no land for the ice to settle on to stay like ice all year round. More and more is just water underneath. I mean, it's all just water underneath, but... When the ice melts, then the water comes up, and then the water is darker than the ice, so it absorbs more heat, so it causes the ice to melt faster. That's a vicious circle. It's a positive feedback loop. And there's polar bears. Oh my gosh, that seal is so fat. It looked like a little balloon, and it's adorable. Oh my goodness, little baby seal about to be lunch for the daddy polar bear. Dang it. Well, polar bears gotta eat too, man. So apparently ring seals used to be able to build dens in the side of the ice because the ice would be thicker and they'd be able to like dig a little den in and hide their babies from the polar bears. But now there's no not enough there's not enough thickness to the ice to let them build the dens and so they just have to leave them out in the open which means 
easier for the polar bears, which may be easier for the bears right now, but it's just going to be hard in the end because the ice is going to get too thin and then they can't, they won't have anything left to eat. I mean, if you think about it this way, the predators need some of their prey to survive in order to have prey for the next year and so on and so forth. The pounding technique is almost pointless now. Okay, so you know, <laughs> little polar bear bum in the air. Oh my gosh. That is so cute. But one of the modes of hunting that I associated very strongly with the seals was the like pounding thing, kind of like uh, foxes. Where they, like, pounce onto the snow to break it open. And I guess that was because the seals used to leave their babies in the dens. And not because they were trying to break through the ice into the water. Which, when you say it now, it makes so much sense. But that is so not what I thought. So, apparently, because the ice is so flat and the seals aren't able to build the dens, the pounding the pounding technique don't be so necessary anymore. Which is crazy. It's just crazy to think how much of the behavior of different animals is dependent upon the environment in which they live and with the changes that humans are causing to environments all over the world we are fundamentally changing animal behavior as well because their environments are changing so they need to develop different behaviors or they don't need the behaviors that they had been using in the past to survive anymore which is just crazy to think about oh my goodness Baby polar bear wandered off by himself and found a baby seal. Will baby polar bear or baby seal win? We shall find out. Seal pup is exposed. It seems that the polar bear has all the upper hand, but it is a young polar bear. Will it know what to do and how to do it? Polar bear doesn't know what to do. Uh oh, mama's here. Mama's gonna get that baby seal, and she. Oh no, seal's almost to her hole. Will baby seal make it? Baby seal into water. Oh, go baby seal. So, sea ice necessary for the krill, which supports the entire ecosystem in the Southern Ocean. The krill and the whales and the seals and the penguins and everything. Sea ice also necessary for the polar bears in the Arctic. So, in case you were wondering, sea ice be very important. Narwhals! Like I said before, I have narwhal socks. I love them. Also, shout out if you remember the narwhal song of like 10 years ago good times the og unicorns yes so the the tusk or the horn of the narwhals is actually a tooth that grows through the front of their face but we don't know why they have them so some other new scientists want to study that they wait for a crack to open in the ice and then they swim through the crack whoa where are they trying to go what's the end goal here narwhals it looks like a big river in the ice Mm, they're trying to go to the shallow bays close to land that have more shelter. Go, narwhals, go. The narwhals honestly kind of look like a cross between a seal and a dolphin. Or, yeah, or a seal and a whale. Because they just don't, they don't have the defined pectoral fins that most whales have. I mean, they have them, obviously. They're just not as big. Yes, he's talking about albedo. All right. I'm going to explain what he has. So I talked about this. I touched on this briefly when I talked about the positive feedback loop of the ice and then the wa- the ice melting and leaning more water, which is dark, which absorbs more heat from the sun, which causes more ice to melt. So it's called albedo. 
the albedo of something is basically how reflective it is and ice obviously has a high albedo and it is very reflective because it's white and white does not absorb heat and light very much it reflects most of it so the ice is so important for keeping our planet cool because it reflects a lot of that heat back out into space instead of absorbing it but as the ice melts the water is rather dark has a very low albedo and absorbs lots of the heat on that light and which in turn you know makes the planet warmer causing more ice to melt causing us to absorb more heat hence positive feedback loop hence vicious cycle hence important to keep the sea ice around also important to just have like light things so all of our roads that we're turning all of these forests and grasslands and things into these really dark asphalt roads, that's why it's so much hotter like in a city in the middle of the street versus in a city under trees. Uh, that's part of the reason why. So like if we can figure out a way as humans also to not have our roads be so dark, like maybe we paint all of the roads white or we just use some other material that isn't so dark to pave our roads and things like that those are the kinds of things that aren't really going to change our lifestyle very much but are going to change the impact that we're having on the planet quite a bit so you know not that hard maybe a little time confusing time consuming and slightly annoying to paint all of our roads white but like probably would help at least a bit also i paused that at 11 11 do you know that polar bears are technically marine mammals because they spend so much of their life on sea ice, which is technically the middle of the ocean. Like, it's insane to me. Walruses! We're now in the far northeast of Russia, and there are walruses! I feel like I don't see walruses so much on things like this. A hundred thousand walrus on one beach? Dang, that's a lot of walrus. Or walruses. I don't know. Aw, the walruses normally live on the sea ice. But the sea ice... Oh my goodness, baby walrus... Oh my goodness, they're walking, like, on their legs, like, like actually walking. That's crazy. Um, I mean, not really, but it, it does look. The walruses normally live on the sea ice, but now they're on these beaches because the sea ice has retreated so far north that these beaches are now closer to their feeding grounds than the sea ice, and the beaches are not as big as the sea ice. There is so many walruses that are literally clamoring over each other. And those tusks look dangerous. Little walrus, find your mama. Good goodness. Oh, they're just batting each other with their tusks. Yikes. That would not be fun. We're just making the walrus's life more difficult. That doesn't even have to do with, like, finding food and stuff. Walrus stampede. How none of these walrus that have been tusking each other have broken skin yet, I don't know. But they haven't, or at least not in these videos. I'm sure they have at some point. They have such small little beady eyes. 80 meter cliffs. How are these walruses getting up an 80 meter cliff? Y'all, some of these walruses are climbing up these cliffs to find some space that's not covered in other walruses. Good lord. Those are the intrepid walruses. Do not tell me this walrus is about to yeet itself off of the cliff. Do not yeet yourself off that cliff. Oh my god. Are you telling me that walruses can't see so bad that they just yeet the- It just- It's just- They are just falling off of these cliffs. No! 
So apparently walruses apparently walruses have really bad eyesight when they're not in the water, but they need to get back to the water to eat. Sorry, but they need to get back to the water to eat and they just can't see the safe way down and so many of them are falling. Oh no. Guys, to sea ice for the walrus's sake. It's just sad. Like death to predators is at least giving someone else life. Death to falling off a cliff is not. Unless this polar bear is about to come eat the walruses. For anyone who's wondering, I did not see the polar bear eat any of the walruses. These are just unnecessary, useless walrus deaths because there's no sea ice. Grr. Okay. That was the end of the episode. That was a horribly sad way to end it. But honestly, probably a very smart way. So our action item for this week and something that I want to do as well is to go to ourplanet.com, which is the website associated with this series. And on there, I'm sure you can find lots and lots of information about the different episodes. But specifically for this episode and for this week, when we go on there, I want us to all find what we can do to help our frozen worlds and see, see what we can do on that list. Because these poor freaking walruses, these poor walruses are falling off of cliffs because there's no more sea ice for them to hang out on. Literally. Death by cliff. It is just so sad. But that is today's episode. I have a lo- I had a lovely time watching this uh, episode with you guys. So make sure you go to ourplanet.com and see what we can do to help our frozen planets. Let me know what you think of these episodes. This is the second one I've done now. Like I said, the first one was episode four. And this one is going to be episode 13 or 14, I believe. So there's been a solid amount of space in between them. But I kind of like having these sprinkled in because it gets me to watch these series that sometimes, honestly, I don't want to watch docuseries when I'm at home and wanting to watch tv because i spend so much of my day talking and thinking about all these things and like obviously i want to but it's like it's like one of those dichotomy things where like i want to do it but i like also don't really want to do it you know like when you work out you're like i want to work out but like i don't kind of like that but anywho i love doing it this way because then i get to talk to you guys about it and i get to share about it i think so often i learn new things and i want to immediately share it with somebody and so i think especially with something like this it feels very good to get to share it with you guys and instead of having to like immediately call any and all of my friends and family just so that i can talk to them about the poor walruses like i might still do that but <laughs> at least now i'm i'm talking to you guys as well so let me know what you think of this episode uh, and other episodes like this. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast. Share with a friend if you liked it. Follow along on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok. They are all at Oceans of Hope Pod. And have a wonderful rest of your day, everyone. Mm-hmm.